Welcome everyone, you're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hey! Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Yo! And on this week's episode, we are covering Dream Girls. <laughs> the dreamiest of girls. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dream Girls. So the music was written by Henry Krieger. The lyrics and book were written by Tom Ian. The show is based on R&B acts such as The Supremes, The Shirelles, James Brown, and a bunch of others. Basically, the show follows a female singing trio from Chicago called The Dreams, and they become superstars. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure there will be no drama at all, and it will be a smooth transition. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, although the writers and producers vehemently deny it, many believe that the show is directly based on the Supremes, as there are a lot of exact parallels, and I mean exact parallels, between the show hmm. and the rise of the Supremes. So, take it as Suspicious. you will. They say it's not, but, you know. <laughs> so, the show started as a project for Nell Carter, who's a singer and actress, Craiger and Ian had worked together on a musical before, which was called The Dirtiest Show in Town. Don't know what it was about, but I'm sure it was interesting. (laughs) That sounds right up your alley. (laughs) But Nell had been in it, and so her performance had inspired them to craft a musical about black backup singers. And this show originally was called One Night Only, and then eventually it was called Project Number 9. They worked on it for a little while, but then they shelved it in 1978. A year later, they kind of pulled Hmm. it back out, looked at it again, brought in Michael Bennett, and at that point, the musical was called Big Dreams, and they started workshopping it. Lots of name changes. Two workshops later, the show with Team Girls, Jennifer Holliday, who was originally cast as Effie, actually quit the show twice, first because she was upset that her character died in the first act, and again after the role of Effie had been reduced to favor another character. So she was not happy, but Bennett actually agreed to rewrite it and build up the character. And so she, he called her back into the fold and she agreed to come back. No, no, no. It's fine. Come on back. I'll treat you right. (laughs) You're going to be a star. I promise. Babe. Dreamgirls is staged with a mostly African-American cast. Both gender and racial issues are represented in the musical. Also, it is set in the 1960s, strongly featuring the Black Power Movement, The three women fight their way up the music industry, stand up for their rights, and achieve their dreams. The show originally starred Jennifer Holliday, Cheryl Lee Ralph, Loretta Devino, Ben Harney, Cleavant Derricks, Vondi Curtis-Hall, and Oba Babatunde. Dreamgirls premiered on Broadway at the Imperial Theater on December 20th, 1981, and closed on August 11th, 1985, after 1,521 performances. Dreamgirls went on a U.S. national tour in 1983, but because of high costs, the tour stopped after three cities. There was another tour from 1985 to 1987. Another U.S. tour ran from 1997 to 1998. Another U.S. tour ran in 2004, and then another in 2009 with all new direction, choreography, set, and costume designs. Fun fact, the 2009 U.S. touring production of Dreamgirls had over 460 costumes and 205 wigs. That's a lot of hair. Yes. Mm -hmm. In 2001, they put on a concert performance at the Ford Center for the Performing Arts to benefit the Actors Fund of America. It was one of the first major public gatherings in New York City after 9-11. There was a West End tour from 2016 to 2019. So Jennifer Holliday's recording of Effie's big solo number was a number one hit on the Billboard R&B charts in 1982. The cast recording also won two Grammy Awards. 
We are, of course, working off of this original Broadway cast recording, and it is on our Spotify and linked in our show notes as always. The show Dreamgirls itself has won six Tony Awards, five Drama Desk Awards, and two Laurence Olivier Awards. Nice. Sweet. And then, of course, it was adapted into a movie. Most people probably know that. Uh, so they were actually originally doing this in the 1980s, uh, and it was going to star Whitney Houston, Lauren Hill, and Kelly Price as the trio. project was eventually abandoned, sadly enough, but we did eventually get a movie in 2006 starring Beyonce, Jennifer Hudson, Anika Nani Rose, Jamie Foxx, Eddie Murphy, Danny Glover, and more. And then this movie did fantastic. So it won two Academy Awards, three Golden Globes, a Grammy, and 40 other different awards. It's a, it, was a good, it was a good one. This is Critic Circle Awards, Satellite, NAACP, MTV, you name it, they gave it an award. So <laughs> you could say it's pretty well regarded. Much loved. Uh, and I have seen this version, but I haven't seen the musical live. So I have. Nice. Yeah. I think I have. I just know the movie's fantastic. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw it at the Muni again here in St. Louis. And um, I want to say they actually brought back the original Effie. Yeah, so they brought back Jennifer Holliday to reprise her role. And at this point in time, she, she was decently up there in age. Mm-hmm. But it was still pretty um, impressive performance. Wow. All right. And also, to give the story exposure around the film release, DreamWorks and the Tams Whitmark Musical Library, who like own the rights to it, announced that they would pay the licensing fees for all non-professional stage performances of Dreamgirls that year. Wow. As a result, more than 50 high schools, colleges, and community theaters staged productions of it in 2006. That's That's amazing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's almost unheard of. Yeah, like... (laughs) Right. That's just bomb, dude. So, very cool. And with that background information out of the way, how about we go ahead and jump into our Act 1? Yeah. (sighs) Wow. 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 So, enter the Dreamettes. It's 1962, and they're at the Apollo Theater in Harlem, New York. The trio is looking to enter the Amateur Night competition. Uh, We get the songs I'm Looking for Something, Going Downtown, and Taking the Long Way Home, which are sung by the other bands in the competition. And then it's the Dreamettes' turn. So this is Dina, Effie, and Laurel, these three, and they perform Move, You're Stepping on My Heart which was actually written by Effie's brother, Cece. Unfortunately, they do lose the competition, but backstage, they and Cece meet Curtis Taylor Jr., a car salesman who wants to become their manager. I don't know. He knows what he likes, I guess. Yeah, sure. He's got big dreams. Yeah. Yeah, he's got high aspirations for life. So Curtis convinces James Thunder Early, who's an R&B star, and his manager, Marty, to hire the Dreamettes as backup singers. Their first performance is the song Fake Your Way to the Top, and it's super successful, but Jimmy kind of wants new material in his act. And so Curtis convinces him to try for the pop market. Pop market. Cece composes a song, Cadillac Car, for Jimmy and the Dreamettes. And the song Cadillac Car on the Road is performed while they're on tour. And Cadillac Car in the recording studio is sung as they record the single after the tour. The song makes its way up in the charts, but a cover is done by white pop band Dave and the Sweethearts in the song Cadillac Car Reprise. This cover steals the spotlight, which, of course, angers Curtis and Cece. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thievery is annoying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. The two, along with Jimmy's producer, Wayne, start bribing DJs across the nation to play their next single, which is the song Step Into the Bad Side. This is called a payola, and it's illegal in the U.S. Oh. Very Mm -hmm. good. 
I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so radio stations are required to, like, they can take money to play songs, obviously, but they have to make that knowledge, like, public, which is fair. Big no-no. Mm-hmm. Because of this, the song becomes a major hit, obviously, but conflict starts to arise between Marty and Curtis over their control of Jimmy, and then we get even more drama, which Matt said there wouldn't be drama, and he lied. You lied. No, I made an assumption. Bro, you were wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, it was a calculated risk, and boy, am I bad yes. at math. <laughs> so Effie begins dating Curtis, and then Jimmy, who is married, oh. starts an affair with Laurel. Uh-oh. This is the song Party Party. Yep. Getting fun. Big ol' yikers. So Curtis wants to make Jimmy Early bigger and better. He wants to make him a household name. And so he tries to turn him into a Perry Como-esque pop singer. And then tries to separate the Dreamettes into their own act called The Dreams in the song I Want You Baby. And with these changes comes making Dina the lead singer rather than Effie. Which, of course, angers Effie, who has always been the lead singer of this group. But Cece convinces her to go along with the plan for the, you know, for the betterment of the band, right? Like, if that's what's going to make them big, that's what she needs to do. And this is a song, Family. Yeah, mm. Curtis officially becomes manager when Marty quits, following a fight between the two. The Dreams make their club debut in the Crystal Room in Cleveland, Ohio, in the song Dream Girls. After the show, the press is eager to meet them in the song Press Conference. Afterwards, Curtis declares to Dina, I'm going to make you the most famous woman who's ever lived. To which Effie replies, what about me? In the song Only the Beginning. Awkward. Yes. (laughs) Over the next few years, the girls become a mainstream success in the song Heavy. As Dina becomes more of a star, Effie becomes temperamental. She begins to suspect that Curtis and Dina are now having an affair. Laurel tries to keep the peace between her bandmates, but is unsuccessful. (laughs) Yep. No. What a surprise. Hmm. They should rename him to the Divas. In 1967, the group, now known as Dina Jones and the Dreams, Uh. is ready to make their Las Vegas debut. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yikes. So Jimmy stops by to visit and learns that Effie has been sick a lot lately and has been missing shows, and they're not quite sure why. And so the song is Driving Down the Strip. Mm. Curtis and Dina think that act that Effie's been putting on is because she's trying to sabotage the show. Curtis then replaces Effie with a new singer, Michelle Morris. And Effie learns of this before anyone has the chance to actually tell her to her face, which is super harsh. She confronts Curtis, Cece, and the group. And they just tell her that she's been difficult. And they even call her out for getting fat. Wow. wow. Super rude. And she makes a bunch of excuses, mm-hmm. but they just brush her off and they try to buy her out in the song It's All Over, which is actually weirdly one of my favorites because it's just like, it's this constant back and forth between all the different actors, but it's just like, I don't know. It's really intense. It's fun to listen to. And so Effie follows up with, she makes it a personal appeal to Curtis in the song and I'm telling you I'm not going, which is like her big solo, and it's probably the number one song in the show. Yeah, yeah. it's super powerful, and, and it's a hard oh, one. Yeah. But unfortunately, this doesn't work, and Effie is left behind as the group moves ahead without her in the song Love, Love Me, Baby. Aww. That's the end of Act 1. That's the end of Act 1. Drama everywhere. That's a lot of song. That's a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah, this one definitely has like song after song after song, because it is based on, you know, a band performing, so... Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not one of those ones that tells the story in the songs, necessarily. True. But there is a lot of songs. But there's just a lot of songs. Yeah. Is Effie 
Pergananand? Wow. Perganand. Perganand. Pergnant. <laughs> we'll never know. Because we are into intermission. <laughs> yeah, so what do we think about Act 1? My assumption of no drama was not correct. It, it, very wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, this, this is a fun one, I think. And it does have a lot of good story to it. But you definitely, if you just listen to the music, it's going to be confusing for you. Yeah. Yep. It, it's I mean, good. It's... it's been pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, this one is pretty pretty straightforward. It good. It 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 good. It good. Yeah, definitely recommend seeing it. No splash zone. There's not a splash nope. zone. So I think that's probably a good thing. No Bono. I'm disappointed. No Bono. Plus plus for that. Plus for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously it's well, I would say it's pretty obvious, but this isn't like an R and B show. Like that is extremely evident in the music. The music has that. Yeah, that bluesy rhythm, R and B feel, like yeah. yeah, you definitely get the you definitely it get the totally time embodies it. Yeah, very very strongly. Yeah, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like getting absorbed in other time periods, especially when it's yes. done well. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so we don't have a ton to say about this one because it is it is just pretty straightforward. But Kylie, you got a theater fact for us? Do I? I do. So where does the term "break a leg" come from? There are two different theories. One is that during the Elizabethan, the audience would bang their chairs on the ground instead of applauding. Thus, if they liked the show enough, their chair legs would break. Uh. The other theory is that producers would have multiple acts on standby so that they could fill the bill, but they couldn't pay every act. So if those actors didn't appear on stage, i.e. breaking the visual leg line, they wouldn't get paid. So break a leg was a good luck in that by breaking the leg line, you'd get paid for a performance. Yeah, interesting. So I definitely have uh, heard at least the mm-hmm. second one before. The the breaking of the chair legs, I didn't... I mean, I guess that would make sense, but that seems, I don't know, a little less yeah, realistic. I, all those poor chairs just broken. So, uh, so a bit of promotional things we got here. We don't got a ton for you this week, but we did finally get the chance to go out and have a celebratory steak dinner. <laughs> Foods! Which is super exciting. Which, if you follow us on our Instagram at Save Me an Isle Seat or on our Twitter at Save an Isle Seat, you would already know that. So we had a good time and got some good food and good company, and we even shared some cheesecake this time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a lot of fun. So we really appreciate you guys letting us get up there and giving us a reason to go out and celebrate. So we still have merch, which is super cool, and you can find that at our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com slash merch. I did add a new design logo in there for Total Tom Foolery, so go ahead and check that out. So it's a lot of fun. So yeah, you can find merch not just for us, but for our other shows as well. So that's always a good time. We got some cute designs in there, so feel free to give that a look-see. A fun thing is hopefully this year we'll be able to go out and see shows again. Last year, obviously, with coronavirus, that wasn't particularly an option. And this year, they're starting to try and figure out how to make that safe for everybody. So we're looking forward to going to see some more shows. Our local big theater, the Fox Theater, has announced their lineup. And we're super excited for it. And we did post about that on our socials. So go ahead and give that a look-see. And tell us what show that you're looking forward to. To going to see whether whether you're in St. Louis or not, just tell us what you're excited. What show you're excited to see as theaters start opening up again? Because we're curious to see what you're interested in. Oh heck yeah! We want to see Hamilton live. Heck yeah, yeah, we do. We've been wanting to see that one for a long time. 
Yeah, uh, hit us up on our socials and tell us what you're kind of looking forward to as the theaters start to be able to open up again. We're all super excited to welcome them back. But I believe that's all I have for you for this week. So how about we go ahead and dramatically introduce uh-huh. Act 2. That was bad. That was pretty mm-hmm. garbage. Those garbanzo beans. Come on, Matt, you're supposed to be the better one. <laughs> Mine are also terrible. Yeah. You guys complain every time. Yes. Yeah, as we should. Break up the band in Act 2. Oh. Technically, we've already done that. <laughs> well. Let's take a pregnant pause for Act 2. Hey. Yikes. <laughs> Alright, All right. let's go with that one. <laughs> Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt But do you know that the Ragtag Network has its own merch? You can get merch for your favorite shows Such as Bag of Bones, Save Me an Isle Seat, or Total Tomfoolery Just visit www.ragtagnetwork.com Slash merch now to check things out If you love stories from American history, but are curious to follow down the more unbeaten path, then this five-star podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Bougere, and I'm a full-time author that loves to dig up stories that didn't quite make it into the mainstream history books. I lean more towards the darker side of American history. The curious, the strange, the deadly. Legends, murders, rituals, hauntings, traditions, and beliefs and the interesting collection this country was founded on. Join me every week with a new story that peeks behind the curtain of America's yesterday. You never know what I'll find in my bag of bones. So, it's 1972. The group has become the most successful girl group in the country in the song Act 2 opening. Wait, when does that song take place? Act 2 opening. Wait, the song Act 2 opening? Surprise! In the opening of Act 2? Wah! <laughs> Galaxy really brain. Wah! So, in this scene, we see that Dina has married Curtis. Surprise there. Wow! Uh, and Cece is in love with Michelle. So they're all just okay. having a good time. <laughs> everybody is doing everybody. Unfortunately, Jimmy's not doing so cool. well. Uh, so he has gone years without a hit song, and Curtis just doesn't really care about helping him anymore because he's, one, too busy with Dina, and two, Jimmy keeps defying him and slipping funk songs into his pop sets. <laughs> All right. Yep. <laughs> so Effie, meanwhile, is back in Chicago, and surprise, surprise, she is a single mother to her daughter. Wow! <gasps> Pergernant aunt. <laughs> so her daughter's name is Magic. And so, of course, she, you know, that's why she was sick in the previous act. She had Curtis's baby. Wow. And they called her fat. Yeah, right? Rude. So Marty is actually now her manager and is trying to get her to build herself back up and stop being a diva. (laughs) Uh, And so she eventually does. And she is able to make a comeback in the song I Am Changing. As Effie returns to her musical career, Dina wants to step back from hers and become an actress. During a photo shoot, she tells Curtis this in the song, One More Picture, Please. Curtis refuses to let her go in the song, When I First Saw You. You're making me too much money. Basically. I'm the man. I'm controlling you. (laughs) 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 Just turns into Waluigi. Oh, (laughs) jeez. You're fired. Cece is also upset with Curtis. He keeps rearranging his songs to fit the new sound he is inventing. Especially his newest ballad, One Night Only. 
Dina Jones and the Dreams, along with Jimmy Early, perform at the National Democratic Fundraiser in the song Got to Be Good Times. Backstage before the show, Jimmy and Laurel argue about their relationship, about when Jimmy will tell his wife about the affair. So they're still having the affair. <laughs> Jimmy's still married. Yikes. It's fine. And the song is Ain't No Party. Laurel is in tears as they take the stage and she turns to Dina for support. Jimmy pleads to her through music and the song I Met You No Harm. Um. <laughs> yeah. Liar. Yeah. Dina tries to help Laurel with the situation. Meanwhile, Michelle convinces Cece to find his sister and reconcile with her in the song Quintet. Halfway through the performance of I Met You No Harm, Jimmy says he can't sing any more sad songs and launches into a wild funk number called The Rap. Oh, okay. He hmm. even drops his pants during the performance. Oh. oh. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so Curtis, who is obviously embarrassed by this, fires Jimmy in the song Firing of Jimmy. Wow. Wait. What happens in this song? Louise gets fired. <laughs> Some of the musical song titles are just hilarious to me. They're pretty great. They're like just oddly specific. Yep. Uh, and so Laurel ends her affair with Jimmy. And this is actually the last we see of him for the rest of the musical. <laughs> G- goodbye. He flashed Bye, the audience and is gone. A little calmer than the movie, though, because in the movie he dies of an overdose. I'm like, oh, the side yeah, of the road. that's right. So, whoops. Yikes. Yep. <laughs> Big oops. Oopsie daisies. Marty helps Cece meet up with Effie at a recording studio in the song I Miss You Old Friend. Cece apologizes for getting in the way of Effie's career. Effie records his new ballad in the song One Night Only as it was meant to be performed. The song takes off and climbs the charge, which of course pisses off Curtis. Well, Curtis can go die. <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> He's Such kind of a bummer. Curtis releases the Dina and the Dreams version and even bribes DJs to push his version up and Effie's version down in the song One Night Only Disco. See, he's a butthead. Scumbag. Effie, Marty, and Cece discover what Curtis has done. They confront him backstage at a Dreams concert and threaten legal action in the song I'm Somebody, Chicago slash Faith in Myself. Get him. Yeah. And so Curtis eventually makes arrangements with Effie's lawyer to make it up to her, which is a little nice, I guess. So then Effie and Dina reconcile, and it is revealed that Effie's daughter is Curtis's. Wow. (gasps) Realizing what kind of man he is, it's about time, Dina leaves Curtis. Of course, Effie's version of the uh, One Night Only song becomes a number one hit. Woo! Woo! Shocker. (laughs) But of course. Because she's awesome. The dreams break up so that Dina can become an actress in the song Hard to Say Goodbye, My Love. And then for the final number, both of the show itself and of the Dreams Farewell concert, Effie rejoins the group and they sing their signature song in the song Dream Girls Reprise. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It all comes back together. Woo! Uh, somewhat happy wow. ending. So, yeah, I mean, the people that we care about got a happy ending. Yay! <laughs> but other people are still kind of bugged. Yes, but we don't care about them, so they can get out of here. <laughs> they can go find a cliff. And <laughs> <laughs> and oops, <laughs> yeah. So that was the that was the show, and we liked this one a lot. So yeah. Well, I I just spoke for all of us, but <laughs> how do we feel about the show? No, this one's fantastic. It's such a powerful show. It is one that you have to see because you don't get it off of the music, but the music is fun to listen mm-hmm. to, and it, you know it has a fantastic cast of color, so that's awesome. Yeah, and it's very well written, and it definitely follows a lot of how it really was for for bands and stuff back in that time. Like, it was mm-hmm. rough. 
as as far as like some musicals where you have to really do suspension of disbelief, this yeah. one's all more or less makes sense. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throughout the story, like nothing's like super over exaggerated. It's like, no, this happens to bands all the time. This is all very real scenarios. People having affairs and all that stuff in between bands. Like, yeah, this is this is just good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of our more realistic shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it does follow true events and <laughs> just, you know, fictionalized true events, of course, but based based on true events, of course. Mm-hmm. This one is, is is really good one and obviously great representation. I was probably gonna have more people that have like heard of this than usual, due to like the movie being such a star studded cast. Yes, yeah, the movie was fantastic. I do recommend it. Kind of hard to have a bad product with all of those people in it. Yeah. True. <laughs> well, and interestingly enough, so that was Beyonce considers that her first like actress job. Uh, and then that was also oh. the breakout role for Jennifer Hudson. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Really? So we know them wow. as big names now, but like that was kind of a breakout role for the two of them. And now we know her as the snotty-nosed old cat. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Stop reminding me that that thing exists. <laughs> That's Jennifer Hudson. She brought it back like a dead bird. <laughs> a faucet in her nose. It was terrible. Fantastic singer, though. Yeah. Yes. Very emotional scene. Completely ruined. Snot <laughs> all over her face. Her weird cat face. <laughs> not a, not as many buckets of snot in the Dream Girls movie. I promise. <laughs> all I'm thinking about now. Yeah, so we definitely recommend uh, watching this one. Of course, going to see it live is fantastic. But if you can't, obviously the movie is a great stand-in for that because it it really was well done. I remember renting it, and it was it was a really good watch. Very colorful too. Mm-hmm. Like the costumes are just like shiny and great, and yeah, ooh, so pretty. The aesthetic of that era is very oh very yeah. bold, very appealing. Yeah, yeah, very very glittery. It's also like very well suited for the theme of like people of color wanting to get the recognition they deserve oh yeah so it's like everything's bold and flashy and just fun mm-hmm. oh yeah i really love the style of that era big hair the biggest hair <laughs> yeah we we definitely back this one and it's just a fun it's a fun soundtrack to attempt to sing to <laughs> yep it's definitely an attempt because i am <laughs> not beyonce i am not yeah. that good <laughs> Yeah, this one has a lot of powerful songs that if you don't, you know, have the training for them, you're just not going to get there. All right, so I got it. You got it, Matt. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. Now I'm, all I'm just picturing is is Matt in a very sparkly dress with big hair. It's going to be in a show. <laughs> Perfect. We haven't had a Matt musical additive in a while. Oh, no. <laughs> right God, now. Is, it's going to be a fever dream when that thing comes to reality. Drags itself from the depths, yeah. Yeah, does anyone have any more closing thoughts about Dream Girls? Powerful. It good. Powerful. Strong. Sparkly. Do recommend. <laughs> Sparkles. Big hair. <laughs> Lots of drama. Pergananant. Pergananant. <laughs> yeah, toxic, definitely toxic work relationship and actual relationships in this one. Mm-hmm. So it definitely captures captures the, the life of a professional singers trying to, you know, make it work very, very well. So it's it's a good one. Thumbs up. But I think that will wrap up this episode. So 
Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Yeah, and be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to podcasts. This will ensure that you get our episodes as soon as possible. Make sure you get any sick announcements. Didn't have any this time, but you never know. Yeah, and also you get notified when, unfortunately, one of our episodes is late because of adulting. So, <laughs> Listen, times are weird, and getting living conditions the way you want them is terrible. Mm-hmm. Adulting is hard. So we apologize, but thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, we like you. And if you like us and you happen to go over to Apple, please leave us a five-star review. It helps us get boosted up in the numbers. Woo! And like we always say, we like it to numbers. We like it to numbers. They equal steak. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. We trade our likes for steak. (laughs) True. And bread. And bread. Yum. The best way to help us is always to, you know, spread by word of mouth, telling everybody that you know about this podcast that's super cool and we're a lot of fun and talked about musicals and stuff like that. If you just want to tell everyone you know, people you don't know even, just, just yell at them on the street, sing at them on the street. Perfect. Just get them, get them to listen because it's the best way that you literally can help us grow. And we really appreciate all, all the stuff that you guys have done so far. If you look at someone and shout, listen to the song here in my heart and this podcast, oh. maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll convince someone to listen to us. The, or they'll think you're crazy. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, I got real distracted by that song for a second. All right. You did. I love it, so I can't help myself. So yes, obviously we love what we do. We have a great time doing it. But we also just like sharing it with you. And we want you to chat with us and let us know how you feel about our podcast. Let us know what you want to see from us, blah, blah, blah. So you can find us pretty much all over the internet. We're kind of all over the place. You can't get rid of us. That's true. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Save Me Now Seat. You can find us on Facebook at Save Me Now Seat. On Instagram at Save Me Now Seat. You can email us at Save Me Now Seat at gmail.com. We've got our website, obviously, and we also are on YouTube under the Ragtag Network. So just kind of all over the place. Find us somewhere. Follow us. Chat with us. We cool. We're pretty cool. Occasionally nerdy. Mom, Mama says we're. Mom says we're cool. We're Mama. Mom group. loves us. <laughs> Yeah, so for more shows and to keep updated on everything that we kind of do, including future shows and things that we might put out in the future, including like merch drops and and events that we might be attending, things like that, you can go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. And if you want to check out our merch page, uh, just add a slash merch onto that and you can go see all the cool stuff that we put up there. But I think that is everything for this episode of Save Me and I'll See. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Adios. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtagnetwork. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.